When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles, and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. And I'm Mike Templeton. And we have a guest again this week because Keith couldn't make it. Yep. So coming back to the show is our good buddy Jason Sewell from the Turtle Recall Podcast. What Say is hi, going Jason. What is going on, guys? Hashtag let's all shell you, everybody. Now thank you. Thank you for coming back, uh, Jason. Uh really appreciate you stepping in where Keith couldn't. Hey. Uh but I'm here um, to talk Ninja Turtles and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> Which is good, because turtles don't have teeth, and they could choke on bubblegum. So. That's, that's very true. <laughs> uh, so this week, we, we, we talked about it in the news last week. Um, and uh, today, as we are recording this, uh, a little show that was kind of the rebirth of Turtle Mania uh, premiered on Nickelodeon. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2012 version uh, debuted today in 2012, uh, September 28th on Nickelodeon, and yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to we wanted to do just kind of a fun retrospective, um, you know, kind of where we were back then um, when this show started, uh, kind of our favorite hits, things that it brought you know forward, new things that it invented for the uh, property. Um, and all and, the booyakashas that fit and in. all the booyakashas that you can handle. Um, so yeah, it's, it just this is just gonna be a little bit different than our normal episodes. Um, you know, we're not gonna do the let's tell you a story or anything like that. Um, yeah. We just really wanted to recognize this show's ten year anniversary and recognize yeah. that it's ten years old now. Like this is it's 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 such a huge part of like the Ninja Turtle canon and fan like um like I said like it literally was the rebirth of Turtle Mania. Yes. Um not not to the same degree as like 87, but uh this but like, but like this was huge. So. This was huge. This accomplished what the 2003 and P- Peter Layard tried to do back in the early 2000s that they couldn't do was that like Nickelodeon, once like Nickelodeon got the franchise, you know, they made the show 
And I think the very smart thing they did with the show was embrace the things that made the show, the franchise popular while, you know, uh, Peter Layard was trying to get away from that so he can go into like what he liked, like, like what his thing, what he contributed to the show. Yeah. Like this, I mean, you, you put it, you put it great. Like Peter, Peter really tried to like, kind of, I don't want to say capture, like recapture lightning in a bottle with the 2003 show and the 2003 show like has its merits and it did a lot of great stuff. It but, did do a lot of great stuff. I, and I love the 2003 show. It was never, it was never that second wave of turtle mania. Like you said, uh, well, I like think there's, it has, I think there's two big reasons for that though. One yeah. being that people just crested over turtle mania. They're like people that grew up with turtles were then in college. They're now at that point in life where it's like, Oh, am I too cool for turtles? Also, you're at that age where what the kids are doing is stupid now. You know, you don't like what the kids like. You don't like what the kids are into. It's like, you know, kids my age when they graduated college and then suddenly they hear about this Fortnite game kids are playing. It's stupid. You hate it, etc. Right. You know, as I'm, you say as I'm holding a Fortnite action figure. Yeah. Well, in the the 2003 series was a reboot of that series. And it's what was for the kids. Then the other thing that happened is it didn't have the the advertising juggernaut behind I was gonna it say, of a massive corporation. I was going to say that. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, 2003 didn't have like the marketing muscle. Like it didn't have that paramount money yeah. no, that, no, no. that 2012 did. Um, and it's on, you know, a big cable station when it's on Nickelodeon versus, yeah. you know, four kids TV, the Fox box, you know, the in- Fox box, which, Jason did not have access to back in 2003 because Atlanta wanted to like, I don't know, like have news at every station they could. And so I had like for the 2003 show, I had to buy the Funimation DVDs and those only came in like three episodes. And I'm just like, just trying, like, I I just remember that struggle trying to watch Mm -hmm. that show. Uh, like in my area and i'm pretty sure in other areas they probably had like similar stories yeah because that's the thing is i feel like i see a lot more of like people being like oh i didn't even know this series existed when it comes to the 2003 series you know or like i i never yeah. even looked into this versus you know 20 2012 people who grew up now at that point they have kids now their kids are watching it uh you know it just is a it was a better more perfect storm for relaunching right. turtle mania yeah like 2003 like hit at a certain time and like you know it like i said it, it's got its fans it did a lot of great things um and I, it modernized the franchise in a way that was good for that time but like spencer said it didn't really catch on with everybody uh being you know i was a high school senior when uh, 2003 dropped and it didn't like I liked it but I I was I dropped out by like the second season um because it wasn't for me so having you know Nickelodeon buys the the Turtles franchise from Peter in uh 2009 and you know first things they announce is you know we're gonna do a new comic with IDW we're gonna do um a brand new show and for a couple of years, you know, we don't hear anything. And then 2011, San Diego Comic-Con, we get, you know, the first reveals of the toys. We get the first reveal of the turtles 
Right. Uh, so walk me through what, what did you guys think of that first reveal? So uh, I remember, I remember like my big thing that I thought was weird for the first reveal um just like i thought the designs were were good and actually i liked that the fact that all four turtles actually you looked unique and i like that act they actually had different uh skin colors actually 2003 i also had skin colors uh different skin colors but this time like they actually had like many different like body types so actually i thought that was a that was a cool like unique thing to do uh I thought the weirdest thing, because if you guys remember, like when they first announced like the turtles, the first time they announced the turtles, both Mikey and Donnie had the bladed weapons and it was like unclear if they were actually going to have like a normal bow staff and normal nunchucks. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, so like uh, Mikey had the uh, Kurosaga. Yeah. The, it was a Kasari Fundo. No, Kasari oh, Fundo. So, 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 so. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so Mikey, Mikey and Donnie like both originally had uh, bladed weapons. I mean, it, it, it's and they it, it's those ones they still used in the show. Yeah, like, they still used it in the show. It was just like, but like it but was like, like early was on, of, it was heavily implied that that was going to be their weapon. Right. I remember. I remember that. Um, yeah, I just thought it was just weird. I was like, they're just going to have. I was like, they just want to give everyone blades now. I, yeah. I, it, it was just like weird for me. And then like you know finally we get closer to the show we find out like oh they're gonna have their normal weapons too this is yeah they just what do you think spencer i was a sophomore in high school and i kind of had already passed my time as turtles i you know was Uh, still kind of mourning after turtles forever you were you were me for you were me with 2003 exactly i didn't i didn't well i didn't have nickelodeon either so i couldn't watch it because i didn't have cable uh growing up and so it was kind of impossible for me to see. And then one day I downloaded the Nick app, probably a couple, maybe a year later after it come out, watched a little bit and was like, nope, not for me. And kind of, <laughs> kind of bowed out. It All was right. a while before I came back to it. Uh, I was at that Comic-Con that year. And I remember seeing the Nick booth and like the pictures of the turtles uh, kind of plastered on the wall and, you know, going online and like being in, you know, back when back when it was okay to go on the Technodrome forums, uh, it was everybody was mad that they had three toes. Oh, I forgot about the, <laughs> you forgot the, about the three. I toe forgot war. about like the weird feet they had because like they had three toes and it was like all together. It like was everybody like... was so mad that they had three toes. Like we're talking like Beast Wars truck not monkey level <laughs> of anger um wow towards the three toes um you know just a lot of just a lot of like that weird anger um and like you you see it with rise with like how like people hate those designs yeah Mm -hmm. and i get it that's very stylized but this is just them having three toes (laughs) yeah and just the amount the insanity of these dudes just getting so mad at that just was so weird Man, uh, do you guys remember like the first wave of the figures where they don't actually have the three toes? They actually have like a weird feet that does not match the show. Well, at they all. do have they do have three toes, but it's like two big ones and a small one, right? Um, and like they look more, um, they're not show accurate. No. Uh, and no, the first wave was not show accurate. At all. I don't know if they, I don't know if they were going off of like 
concept art um, or just kind of Playmates doing its own thing. But I really liked the designs of those first figures. And I remember they were street dated uh, for a certain day. Um, and my target had put them out like a month early. Oh, nice. And so I bought all four turtles because um, I was like, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I just, I love, I love the turtle figure so much. And those are, those are still some of my favorite turtle figures. I, I still have them. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 I still have mine. Of course, I have the very first Donatello and it was actually, I had it before the show started. I had it signed by both uh, Rob Paulson and Kevin Eastman. Uh, Rob Paulson signed it in purple because at uh, uh, that time I did a, I think it was just a half marathon. I don't think I did a full marathon at that time yet, um, but purple was our team color. And so I asked them to write, can you write uh, purple to fight cancer? And so he wrote purple to fight cancer. And this was, and uh, this was actually a donation. So uh, Rob, Rob didn't actually charge me for the signature. He just actually uh, signed it. He said, I, he was like, no, this is, uh, since this is just for raising cancer, uh, I'm not going to uh, uh, charge you for it. And he was even kind enough to take a picture with it, him holding it so I can show the, for the auction to have, yeah. like, you know, so I didn't have to certify it. I can just like, hey, look, Rob, Rob did this. Um, and that's amazing. Yeah, and what was actually really cool, like the person who actually won the figure, the figure went for, I want to say it went for seventy five dollars. Maybe I think it was, I think it was around, it was around seventy five dollars it sold for. Uh, but the person who won actually gave it to me because she said, like, I know you're a huge Ninja Turtles fan, and this was a big sacrifice you did. I got it so I could give, so I can get it back to you. Ah, that's so cool yeah uh, so. i since i was at that comic-con they did a signing where like once like they had announced like the cast and everything yeah uh they did a signing at the nickelodeon booth and um i got uh two signed photos actually oh, uh, nice and it was really cool it was a poster um of the turtles in the like original mirage comics number one pose uh -huh. um and I just, I love it. I, I, I don't have it on my wall right now. Um, I just, we're redoing our art. <laughs> our gotcha. Walls. Makes sense. Um, but it's really cool. And so I actually wound up getting one where uh, it was like um, Rob, Sean Astin, Greg Sipes, Mae Whitman, um, uh, Jason Biggs, and Ciro all signed it, you know, to Mike. And then a friend of uh, my friend, she was there too. She got me another one <laughs> that's just signed by the cast. Nice. Um, and so, like, I have these two, uh, these these two posters. I only have the one that says Mike uh, up. Um, but it's it's so cool. Um, and that was like my first real piece of memorabilia for for this uh, version. Oh. Because um, I got that before the figures. Nice. Um, and then with uh oh i forgot what i was gonna say um and yeah like it's it's i just i love i just i remember that first uh summer uh when that when like the lead up to the show and like i oh. had those figures and i just i took so many pictures of those figures like everywhere i took them to disneyland like 
you know, to see my friend's band play. And like, I put them on the stage while they were playing. It's one of my first like Instagram photos. <laughs> um, I think it's still there. Um, Probably. So but, yeah. Yeah. So actually, so for me, the summer leading up to the, in fact, like a month before the show started, uh, that was actually the first time I did uh, a panel for Dragon Con. Uh, and cause uh, before I did, okay. That was the first time I did the Ninja Turtles panel for, for Dragon Con because before I was doing the Power Rangers panel. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, if whoever's listening to this, if you're a big Power Rangers fan, I mean, just to let you know, I, I love you and everything, but Power Rangers fans are like, I mean, the passionate ones are so hard to deal with, to be honest, because uh, they just have just different mindsets. And uh, the most of the ones that I was dealing with in conventions, they just want to interrupt me to try to prove that they knew more than me. And I got tired mm. of it. I was like, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, so I, and I saw that DragonCon was, didn't have anything for Ninja Turtles. So I was like, okay, let me do Ninja Turtles. And like, you know, and of course, like DragonCon was like all excited about that because, oh yeah, everyone loves Ninja Turtles and everything. And three weeks before the show, uh, Kevin Eastman was a last minute addition to the convention. And they're like, oh, Kevin Eastman's coming to the uh, thing. And he, and like, it was like part of the thing was he had to have a panel. Your panel's the only Ninja Turtle panel. So we had to like, so uh, if you don't mind, can you do it with Kevin? And I was like, uh, yeah, I can do that. And so um, before, and so before Kevin and I, we actually did the panel, something Kevin actually told me was that part of the thing was him doing the panel. He had to advertise for the new show because it was starting like a month away. And he gave me, he gave me a uh, USB drive and it had the, theme song and the opening scene and so uh like first i got to see the theme song like before mm. anyone else and i was like like for anyone else in the public i thought that was like pretty cool and i think i, I watched it like at least 20 times before i showed it to the rest of the people at dragon con um uh, like and then uh, uh and i mean i, I like the opening scene um mm. but like i was like, super excited for the theme song but it was so like, so before we go before we go too much further uh since you brought it up the theme song because that's like that's such a major change yeah from what we're used to like grand the 2003 theme song was a major change too but like this is off uh we we will never count it off we'll always count it off we will never count it off for turtles Turtles. oh god ninjutsu action it's a shell of a town Oh, oh, I can't believe I did that. Um, gotta get back on the train here. Um, yeah, but the so, like, kind of like this this hip hop version of the original 80s theme, yeah, um, is so it's so good. It is like, really good. Still to my favorite day, like, to this day, it's my favorite uh Ninja Turtles theme song. Yeah, no, I seriously was in my Dragon Con hotel room like the night before and I played it like i mean like i said I, I played at least like uh 20 times like in a row and uh and my my girlfriend at the time and by the way like we actually broke up right after the convention because she first like she had like no idea who kevin eastman was and 
You broke up she, with her because she didn't know who Kevin Eastman was? Pretty much, yeah. Jason. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, we, there was other, there was like 100% other reasons why <laughs> uh, too, but like, but like, I mean, the part of it was like, she couldn't get excited for uh for me for this she just like was like and i was like i was like i was like really but um uh but yeah but but she really was like like she got annoyed with she 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 got annoyed with the themes like i was like no it's so cool and i was like I was like, you don't understand no one has seen this <laughs> like i'm like one of the few that have yeah it's got to be wild like i i kind of feel bad because i really missed out on like a lot of that time period but it's just where i was you know and so I instead I was kind of more of just like geeking out over uh, Imagine Dragons Night Visions album. Uh, the MCU was like you know that, that was really starting to begin then, and so I really yeah. starting to get into that. So I remember uh, one of my wife like to, the 2012 Turtles is my wife's favorite version too, mm. uh, because it, it had started the year we started dating, and so it was something we could watch together. Um, Raphael had always been her favorite turtle from like the original series. Um, I don't think she's seen 2003. I'm pretty sure she hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but 2012 Raph, played by Sean Astin, like, is just one of our absolute favorite characters because he's so grumpy. And right. yeah, just um, where was I going? And so one of our favorite things, like in the theme song, is like when they start doing the roll call of all the turtles. Yeah, and. <laughs> like Leonardo, he's a leader in blue, does anything it takes to get his ninjas through. And he does that little like head bob to the beat. Uh-huh. And it's mm-hmm. just one of my fate. Like it's it's like in it's like in Buddy Holly when the guitar like riff goes off and like everybody has to stop and like do an air guitar. Like you have to you have to do the head bob. You have to do the head bob. I mean, you, you know, do the head Leonardo, bob, Leonardo. Do, do the rule. <laughs> um, like it's just it's just required. Yeah, and exactly. so it's it's such a good version of the theme song and like it gets you hyped it does um i think the animation in it is really good um, it, it really is and i did like that like each season they tr- like they kept like updating it and everything like you know like when spike became slash uh, spike was gone from Ross shoulder when yeah. metalhead started getting introduced in the show all of a sudden like metalhead's like walking into like background walking in the background Dantos yeah like just just like just like just little touches they kept doing i mean and of course there yeah. was a big touch in season four with the whole triceraton t- stepping on the well they get the, they get the they get the turtle blimp um yeah that's like flying in the background right um, it's it, it, it's it's a really good theme song and it's really cool that they were able to update it as the show went on yeah um yeah i i think I think that just still stands the test of time. Like that's still such a good theme song. Yeah. Now, uh, cause you mentioned that uh, this was your wife's uh, favorite version of the show. This is actually my wife's uh, favorite version of the show. Too. Oh man. I knew we should have had her on too. <laughs> we we should have, but you know, she's, she's busy being pregnant. And oh, well, yeah, there's that, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, so and because like I told her like uh, I was like oh yeah like the show's like ten years old now and like she couldn't believe it because so when she came to the country like it was season two actually and uh, and of course like I mean you know I was watching the show show like you know since she she was still like new to the country and everything and uh, she was still getting the concept of uh, English during that time uh, she was just like just sitting. 
watch it uh with me and then like you know it like the shoe the show grew on her and she is the reason why we have the youtube channel and uh, and now the podcast actually uh those were both her brainchilds obviously the the youtube channel was based off of me doing the review for the the 2012 uh show because she just wanted me to talk about it and she was like we need to talk about it and then like you know she had the whole idea of like having the the dolls with me to do the review to have them like interrupt me while i'm trying to do the review of the show that's cute yeah spencer when did you finally decide to watch 2012 oh it was around let's see here I kind of, so what got me like back interested in Turtles was hearing that the Bay movies were coming out. Uh-huh. You know, the, I guess the, the Platinum Dunes movies. Yeah. As better phrased. But, you know, it was announced that the first one was coming out. So I went, because the MCU was coming out and I heard that those were like based off the comics, I knew that the Ninja Turtle comics existed. So I went and I found the original comics and I read them and I really, really loved them like on the so they were used to be on the mirage website it was up through i want to say it was just before the Northampton. like i think you could read up through the northampton arc uh and then and then it cut off right there so you didn't get to see new return to new york or or city at war and uh i really uh, i really loved that and so it really got me excited for the new movies and then i went and saw them and was kind of disappointed but I was able to start getting into Ninja Turtles and eventually found the comics. And it wasn't until about a couple of years ago that I started interacting with more of like, actually it's more than a couple of years ago. Now, now it's like four years. So it was probably, let's see here. I was married when I started watching it. So it was probably about three years ago that I finally saw it uh, because everyone just kept talking about how good it was and, and how good it gets uh, on the internet. And so I decided to give another shot. Because I tried to, I tried to watch it before. I saw the first two openers, and I saw the Spider Bites episode, and I was just, I was done after Spider Bites. I was like, <laughs> I can't. I love Spider Bites. I can't do this anymore. Spider uh, Bites was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like it was just Kung Fu episode. Frogs. I mean, come on, Lewis Black. Yeah, like just, just the whole way the fight with him was like choreographed. It like made it feel like it was like a very like two dimensional weird fight. Like it just, it didn't. I don't know, like everything just about the character and just the annoying guy with his cell phone. Like, I just, I did not like it at all. And so I completely dropped it. And yeah, so that was before I was married. And then I got married and I was like, you know what? I'll try this again. It's on Hulu. And I tried it again and I made it through the whole thing. So So when you tried it again, did you start from the beginning again or did you just kind of like, okay, I started from the beginning again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I, I kind of struggle with it. There's, I think it is a, just a bit of like jaded nostalgia. I like 2D animation more than I like 3D animation. Uh, I honestly think that like looking at Ciro Neely's designs, I really like them on paper, but I feel like when they're rendered into a 3D model, it just doesn't look as good. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like the 3D animation. I can't get over it. I've really tried uh it reminds me of like the penguins of madagascar and the other you know 3d animated shows on nick at the time the okay so i, I think we could I think we yeah. kind of segue into um 
some of some of the things that we didn't like necessarily about the show. Um, Beginning part of season three, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, like the the horror stuff. Okay, I'm going to say this: the show does really good on creepy and disgust disgusting creatures. I mean, they, yeah, they get Ciro, that design really good. Ciro it is does, a huge horror fan, mm-hmm. and it shows. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean I like it. Um, like the the like in the comics, um, 2003 show, even in the movie, I never liked Northampton. I always thought like Northampton was the like, okay, here's everything all calm and it just everything kind of drags part. So of course, like, you know, at the end of season two, they're like, oh, we're going, where are we going? Northampton. Of course. Okay. I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's coming. And so this show, they decided Northampton is just horror it's just like you know like um and i think it would they tried to do it in the month of of october but because the movie they had to uh delay it so it was not in uh like in that yeah i remember that yeah um but it was just like it was just like horror movie after horror movie after horror movie I mean, and like, I mean, and I respect where respect gets. They got like Robert England to do the Dream Beavers, which I thought it was cool, but I'm not into that. And I mean, I was so happy when they finally left Northampton. I mean, I, yeah. I never disliked a Northampton arc as much as I did the 2012 uh, series. It, um, like the Northampton arc in 2012, like it, it just, it goes on for so long. And part of what made it feel even worse is that like the show went on hiatus right um, in the middle of it. Mm. And yeah. so it was like, <laughs> you come back months later and you're still in Northampton and nothing has happened. Yeah. Um, and so like that season just feels so unnecessarily long, especially like after seasons one and two, like really like season one sets up everything. And then season two, um, you know, when, when, you know, they have, when they get kicked out of New York by Shredder and kind of adapting like that story from Mirage, like you really like 2012 uh, has a kind of the same trajectory that like Clone Wars does for Star Wars, where like it starts off really kitty, but then it kind of grows up with its audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. It not necessarily to the same degree that Clone Wars does. Yeah, like that's that's the thing is like I would say that the first season, like it's suddenly like you get to those last few episodes and you're like boom, 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 and it's like, oh wow, this is yeah really going somewhere and it feels like it grows up, but then like I don't know, season two, like the way it started just felt like such a just plunk, like it just dropped everything. You know, yeah, like, it, like, it, it, like built up so much and then it was like, and now we've spelt mutagen in the city after fighting a robot with a butt cannon and nipple tentacles. It's got butt cannons. And... <laughs> that was good, Mike. I like that. And then there's just mutagen all over the city, and we're just kind of fighting random mutants. And it's like the shredder thing just kind of stopped existing. I don't know. Like it, it was just it, it, the pacing is really weird for this show. And and it feels and so, like it never keeps its momentum whenever it starts gaining it. For and me. I think and and that's and that's something that like I try to explain to people when they say like this show has like the best you know arcs mm-hmm. it doesn't really because there's so many like mini arcs yeah it, it's almost paced like the 87 series just like you know as in the beginning like the like season three kind of thing where it's like yeah. we have a thing that sets up the status quo for this portion of this season 
And then we have like a bunch of episodes that kind of happen that are just like one-off adventures. And then we end it at, you know, usually it's like in the middle of the season for this show. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I don't really like that pacing for me personally. Uh, it, it doesn't really hit well with me, but. Yeah. Like I, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stop starting and stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why like some things like never really pay off. Like, Splinter and uh, Karai being a big one, mm-hmm. um, which spoiler alert, Karai in this series is Splinter's daughter. Yeah, who did uh, not see that coming? Didn't see that coming. Uh, but like this version of Karai, like she's so cool. I, um, I like this version of Karai actually. And you know, with with Splinter, like his motivation in the first couple seasons are like, what happened to my daughter, uh, or like he just thinks his daughter's dead, and then you know find out that. Uh, Karai is his daughter Miwa you know after Shredder killed Tang Shen uh, he kidnaps he, he kidnaps Miwa and like raises her as his daughter um, so like that's cool for that version of Karai but like and, and it sets up her like character arc for the rest of the show but Splinter never really has a resolution well and I, I don't really feel like she gets one either she doesn't either because, because she like kind of she's like coming around she's kind of done and then she gets brainwashed. Yeah. And then she gets mutated. Yeah. And then and she yeah, gets, and like it, it's like, there's no satisfying. And then at the end, she's just kind of like this distant person off in the distance. Yeah. Uh, like that, they, they don't finish that off. And like, it, it's that it's Seymour, uh, the mutagen man, like mm-hmm. Donatella very specifically says, I'll never, you know, I'll never forget about you. And then we yeah. never see him again. Yeah. 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 Pulverizes like that's that's like gone. so that's, like that's so well known that it's that it's memed at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, so so yeah. So like that, that like those are like little. I don't want to say they're nitpicky because they are legitimate issues. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and a big one that I know I notice a lot of people have kind of started like, it, it was cute at first, and then it like kept going, and I think now as people like look back at this show objectively. You know, you kind of see that it's that it's a problem. Is April Tello? That's like the whole mm-hmm. Urkel thing because, yeah. like, what used to be cute in a TV show, like, is now like stalkerish. Like, you know, and it was just like, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to give like excuses or anything like that uh, uh, for this thing. It was, but it was like, it was like that that easy like kind of thing to have like. Oh hey, the the nerdy guy goes after the girl, and his uh, persistence is what finally like lands him into the happiness. Is like, and you're trying to like root for him for the thing. It's just like like, but now we got like, but now it's like now it's like looked at it's like, oh my gosh, no, no, you got to report that person, and like so yeah. like it's like so now like that that like that trope that of like oh you were you're rooting for this person is now like no no this was bad and it, it is like and like so now like all those shows just kind of like it goes into that whole like oh no we can't like do this um, which like kudos anymore. to kudos to the show they did make it so that like april eventually was like you need to stop yeah, yeah. Well, and they, um, they did that, but then they have her like kiss him on the cheek, and then, but then just go yeah. reset back to square one. Like, like they have a whole episode where he like learns what it's like to be, to be April, 
with the Bigfoot following him. Right, with the Bigfoot. And then, like, and, and then it just and, like, and then he goes, goes back. back. Yeah. Yeah. He goes back. <laughs> and and I, I will say that because that could have been a great character development. Yeah. Uh, and like, because like, if this was the 1987 show, I would have forgive that because like, there's not much continuity, but like, this show does have continuity. And like, you know, like that, that was like one that did kind of like bother me, especially at this time we had Casey and we, we've already like, shown that like april and casey are kind of like getting into a thing now and it is kind of like okay we can have like don like move on now and he just doesn't yeah yeah like it 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 is it is really gross and it, it does suck that it just goes back to that kind of status quo that they established because and again i, I bring this up a lot is like characters in this show don't really have arcs because like they have stories yeah and they have and they have um god what did you call uh like centered stories um centric stories oh god jason what did you call it when we were talking about oh, it like episode focus episodes uh, focus episodes focus yeah. episodes yeah so so all of the turtles have focus episodes and like some of them are really good, like Raph and Raph and Spike when he turns into Slash. Like that's a fantastic episode. That that's a great episode. Um, but then like Donnie, when like the one episode where he has to learn that like, um, you know his his wooden bow staff is a legitimate weapon. Uh huh. Uh, and it kind of like he there's never really any growth after that because it's never really brought up again. He's just kind of he had this problem in this one episode mm-hmm. and like they manufactured the problem and then like, it doesn't like affect him going forward. One of my problem with that episode is like in that episode, like particular, he was like, this boat staff doesn't, doesn't do anything. And then like, we actually see him use it with like, you know, it, it extends out the blade extends out from it. And I'm like, dude, you have like a freaking you just showed you have a blade at the end of the bow staff and you're still complaining that this bow yeah. um, doesn't get any better. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, exactly. That's like why one of like my favorite things like the IDW series did after it talks about his like bow staff, you know, being like made of wood and things like that is they give him a metal one. It's like, okay, yeah. here you go. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's song. still fundamentally the same weapon. Like, um, yeah. like rise Donnie has, has an arc like throughout the whole show. He's like, I don't like magic. You know, my tech is my thing. My tech is my thing. Mm-hmm. And then you get to his focus episode where he explains it. He's like, he's like, the, he's like, my tech is who I am. So if your magic is better, then I'm nothing. And he has that whole moment with April. And like, she, she explains to him like, no, man, like, like they have their moment. And then throughout the rest of the show he starts he starts like being more comfortable around using their magic mm-hmm. and then at the end of the show he's using magic and then right. in the movie he's using magic right and it's like that's that's the character arc that like is missing from these versions of the turtles yeah and again like i it feels like we're we're ragging like we're we're, we're nitpicking because we love this show so much yeah, yeah and there yes, is a yes, lot yes, yes. there like there's a lot here that we can look at it you know, objectively now that it's 10 years old right. and, you know, we've all had this time to kind of marinate on it. Um, yeah. Is my, there anything else you want to get out? Yeah. My, my only last complaint is that those like interdimensional transdimensional turtles episodes, like where they cross over, like they don't acknowledge turtles forever. 
and like that it happened like granted you can just like write it off as a look 87 series they don't remember what happened yesterday you know (laughs) (laughs) you know they they just don't remember that turtles forever already happened but uh i don't know it's like this thing where like you've introduced this idea of a multiverse being there like lean into it you know like honor respect what's come before it make make it so that all these universes are canon to each other and link them all together don't just try to like redo what the other one did and just do it with your turtles and then and then just be like all right you know we we did the crossover with the 87 series like like really lean into like the idea that the multiverse exists you know yeah call, like i will something a little better 100 percent. because the transdimensional turtles like it's fun it's 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 a good two-parter mm-hmm. but it's so transdimensional is only one episode yeah transdimensional is well, one trans- and then there's the bebop and rock one episode, but, it's, but it's a two-part round. episode isn't it no no it's a so, single episode God, and then it's so long <laughs> yeah it's a single episode um there's a single episode and then there's another crossover with the 87 series that happens during season five right that, that uh, was a three episode wanted right. bebop and rocksteady yeah and right that one's three parts so with like with those like so with transdimensional turtles like the big thing was that like turtles forever didn't have the original actors because that wasn't a union show so they couldn't do it yeah um and this show is union because it was made in california um i mean produced uh but it's um so like the big draw here was like hey it's what you saw before but with the you know with the actual actors this time which Mm -hmm. is cool um but I think Turtles Forever is a better story of the two. Yeah. Um, and it's it's to me, it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, so I, oh. I agree with you there. Uh, I'm kind of like, I love Turtles Forever. That's still like one of my favorites. Um, and I think they did a lot better job of incorporating the Mirage Turtles in that one yeah. than trans, Transdimensional Turtles did. But I will say I liked transdimensional turtles better than um than turtles forever just mainly because i felt like they paid more respect to the 87 turtles than turtles forever did my problem like and i love turtles forever but my problem is like every time turtles forever comes in and they talk about the 87 turtles they just look at them like they're uh morons and i felt like that the uh the 2012 series like for both um uh uh, crossovers that they actually paid more respect uh, to the actual uh, 87 turtles than the actual than the uh, t- turtles forever I'll, I'll say the interactions are written better um, but I mean you're watching this show as much as we are and those the 87 turtles are idiots the show doesn't respect it the show doesn't respect itself you know (laughs) i'm not saying they're not idiots i mean you know this is the same show that like the turtles get fooled with roxane bebop when they're dressed up as a granny and a baby and they can't figure it out but like it's just that like in turtles forever like when they're like oh oh instead of fighting let's go get pizza while like you know and the show, like, if something dangerous is happening, like, you know, the, the the turtles are ready to face the danger. They don't ignore it just to go and get a slice of pizza. Like, you know, as much as, like... That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, there say- is... I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I don't like transdimensional turtles. Like, I think, I think 
a lot of my disappointment is that it's so similar to Turtles Forever. I no, I I that I can understand you because like it did feel transdimensional turtles did feel like a 30-minute version of uh Turtles Forever, especially when they incorporated of the Mirage Turtles. I mean, yeah. I still think that was just an unnecessary thing for them to do, but uh, they did. But I mean, like, but especially I did, because like, like the comment, like doing them as like making their, their speech, like their voices in the text bubbles, like isn't that much funnier. Right. Than like them self narrating themselves in Turtles mm-hmm. Forever. Right. Uh, I do want to share I do want to share this story though, because uh, if because we're talking about turtles forever, uh, I mean we're talking about transdimensional turtles, and then we're also talking about Juan and Roxanne Bebop, but that's not the only two specials that had the original turtles. Because let's not forget, there's Warm Quake. Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, Warm Quake was the other uh, mm-hmm. episode where we saw them. And we saw I, them. They just didn't interact with anyone. But this didn't was trans, like, doesn't transdimensional turtles like build off of that part? Like yes. I, I think like it either ends at that part um they they ref they 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 reference it because uh our first episode with our our return of tiger king our tiger tiger claw claw, um shows uh uh builds off that part with well from that episode but i i i gotta talk about this uh so when i because when the show was going on i did not have cable Uh, at this point I disconnected my cable. I cut the cord. I did. I cut the cord before cutting the cord was cool. And this is like before streaming services was a thing. So the only way for me to watch uh, Ninja Turtles uh, was from the Nickelodeon website. There's no app. It's a website. You had to go. I remember. Yeah. And I had to like cast this. I casted this on my TV. And like nowadays, like when you want to stream stuff, it's so easy. This time, like, you know, it was like, you know, a connected laptop to the tv it, 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 it was a mess and like they don't it doesn't it doesn't go as well as, as it is and obviously worm uh worm quake i forget what the well i forget what the actual what they ended up calling it for the special um but like it was they they put it as like oh this is a nod to the 30th anniversary of the show uh, and like you know, and like like and like they, they teased that like the original turtles were going to be in this episode. Uh, so, and it, this was an hour long episode. So when my, so when I was watching it, uh, when it got to a commercial break, like it loaded the commercial, but then it went towards the end of the episode. And the way that the episode was structured it looked like it was still continuous. And like, I, I did what I didn't realize was I missed like a good 20 minutes of the episode and it goes to the end. And then it goes into the scene where we have the original turtles and I'm still looking. And I, and it looks to me that this is like the halfway mark. And I'm here thinking like, Oh man, the second half, the, the, the original turtles are going to team up with the, um, uh, with the uh, new with the current turtles and then the credits rolled and this was the biggest disappointment i ever had in the show i was like <laughs> what and I, I really was like what happened and then that's when i realized that the the website uh like just when just during the commercial break it just cut to like the the final scene well that's weird yeah, yeah. It, it, it yeah it was weird you know it's it was because of this technology 
home at the time but like yeah and like, yeah speaking of the technology at the time um like going back and watching the first couple seasons uh on a modern tv is pretty rough <laughs> uh the show was i don't want to say it wasn't made for hd um but it was also made very cheaply it was mm-hmm. still that awkward stage where uh not all the cable networks were getting all the the channels in high definition and especially like the kids channels were like always the last ones to get it so yeah like, like this show this show like you know it, nickelodeon bought this for the toy potential like we yeah let's not make any you know <laughs> mm-hmm. let's not pretend that's not the case yeah um, no like in in the in the purchasing like announcement and everything else when they made it like they bring up the fact that it is like one of the top telling selling toy franchises of all time. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, that's like that's they, why, that's why, why you're, it. <laughs> that's why you're a billion dollar company wants this. They want another boy's toy license. Right. Um, which understandable. It's a fantastic toy line. Um, mm-hmm. And the 2012 toy line is, is really good and expansive. Um, right. 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 Exactly. And like when the, sh- like that holiday, when the 2012, toys like first hit the shelves they sold out like really mm-hmm. like you know it was like those those toys for like that uh that season was really hard to find yeah just like the original 1988 toys right exactly you yes know? yes my mom my mom would tell me stories like she had to mail order for them <laughs> for, for I, mine. I i remember calling my lionel toy store uh like each day to get uh to find april and they finally had april and they saved it for us i think i think mine uh i think my mom had to mail order from uh sears or something oh man um but yeah like it's god that that toy line is so good but the but that original the original couple seasons like it's really rough um like you could tell some scenes are like animated better. The New York that they live in is very bland and like empty mm-hmm. for being New York. Yeah. And, well, like, I mean, can... they, they drive around their massive, like monster <laughs> their massive, truck, like subway, yeah. subway, it's a car. subway car. It takes it the entire car. street <laughs> that they're just yeah. driving down and nobody all over the yeah, place. Like nobody thinks to stop them. Like yeah. it's, it's and, and granted, like it's a cartoon. Like we don't need to, we don't need to analyze it that much, right. um, but it, um, <laughs> but it, it, it just, it, it does hurt to watch those first couple seasons, especially like on my 4k TV, <laughs> um, you know, cause I'm watching it digitally too. Cause I bought them all on uh, digitally. Right. Like, you know, it's being, it's being stretched to my TV and it's like, you could just see how like, just kind of cheaply animated, like not to, not to discredit any of the animators or anything, and because there are like there are really good um, animation sequences. Like the, all of the fight scenes are really good, right. uh, except for the one that Spencer hates in Spider Bites. It's, um, it's not when they fight <laughs> Spider Bites. It's not one. good, but that but the rest are fine. <laughs> but like you know, the, this show. I'm, I'm going to shift gears into what we like now. Um, okay. I think we've talked about not. Uh, yeah, everything. I think, I think we've we covered everything we didn't far. like about it. Yeah. Um, but so one of the coolest new additions that that the show made um, was you knew it was action time when their eyes turned white. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, their evil eyes, as that was called in the <laughs> Usagi episode. Yeah, like it's it's such a cool 
feature that like splits the difference between like always having wide eyes like they did in 2003 and like having like pupils like they did in 87. Right. Um, and I think it, it it's really, it's a really good like And I love cue. the Revoltech figures where you I, I, I was going to get into those later. I was going to get into those later, but yeah. Uh, so the Revol, uh, so the other like really good figures that came out were uh, the Revoltech figures. So Revoltech is a toy line of like super hyper articulated action figures. Yeah. And I remember seeing these get announced for the 2012 like turtles. And these were like, these were before the SH figure arts, like tune turtles. So these were like the first import Ninja turtles figures, like modern import figures. Right. And I just instantly was like, I have to have these. Oh, I had, I was the same way too. And like, thankfully I still have them. They're fantastic. Um, yeah, I have them all right there. Um, but one of the coolest features about them is that their mask is actually like a lever on their head. So you move like the knot and their eyes will shift from like normal eyes to the evil eyes. Right. Yeah. And it's such a cool cool. like engineering feature, but it's such a cool like feature for just toys in general. And I I've seen some toys do that. Like some, like other revel tech figures, like you can adjust their eyes. So they're looking in different directions and with this, you, like you can have them looking left to right because you're moving the little lever um, for their eyes, uh, and it's it's just such a cool, such a cool feature. Yeah, um, yeah, it was such a cool like small like design feature that like it it really like came out like a whole way uh, and everything, especially because I do remember buying the Playmates re-release of the um, original wave just because the re-release had the pupils on on the figures my only complaint with those was like they also had the initial on the belt buckle which never happened in the show I don't, I yeah don't know why, but yeah so playmates kind of got a little cheap towards towards the end of the toy line like re-releasing the original mold but like trying to make colors. them different colors um and so yeah um i think my last sorry i'm gonna go back to things i didn't like my last thing i didn't like was that the, the toy line was never in scale with each other no, oh Which, my that's god! A Playmate, Slash. That's a Playmates thing all around. Right. Uh, Playmates just typically doesn't care about scale. Right. Um, oh, yeah. With Hunt the kids' is, lines, yeah, like, because in the 2003 series, like Han is nowhere near as big as as an action figure as he should be compared to the turtle. Yes. Right. Like Playmates' you know. motto, uh, Play, Playmates' mo is that kids don't care about scale, which probably is true. Oh, uh, it's true, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but but, um, but I'm not. A, but I'm not a kid. <laughs> I mean, when uh, I was a kid, I cared about scale, but yeah. that's just me personally. But like, yeah, I knew like, I knew certain characters had to be bigger than other characters. So, um, so th- yeah, so that was that was that. Uh, switching get back to what we like, those Reveltech figures, amazing. Yes, uh, they long are gone. long gone, unfortunately. No, uh, no, one hundred percent long, long gone. Uh, I mean, no. If you want to like go after them. Either get bootleg or uh, save a pretty penny. I mean, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want to encourage bootlegs because the bootlegs of these ones aren't aren't very good. No, um, they're awful. Yeah, like they're they're really bad. Um, I only have a bootleg to replace like a piece on mine, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> actually that, ended up. Other than that, it's a, fodder. I bought a bootleg of Mikey because I did break the. Um, the knot on his head yeah and i uh, lost, I really, I I lost like, the knot i lost the knot on leo yeah and so i bought and so i bought a bootleg one 
to replace it. No, actually, I bought a new a new one. Oh, wow. Because they were, they were still, uh, I was going to buy the bootleg, and then I didn't because my import store had a Leo. Um, oh, nice. And they, were, and they were still selling it for normal price. Oh, good. So back when it was like 55 bucks. So I was like, I could either pay, you know, 30 bucks, ship it from China, and you have it get here in like a month, or just bite the bullet and buy this one and have those extra pieces and use it for fodder. Yeah. Um, so I was, so I, I wound up doing that. So my Leo is all original still. Nice. Nice. Which nice. is funny because like <laughs> I took the knot off of the new one and put it on my old one instead of just displaying the new one. <laughs> <laughs> why do things that require yeah, like why logic? do things that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so, um, so things, uh, so something I did like about the show, I thought the show was a great love letter to just the entire franchise just because mm-hmm. uh as i was like saying earlier like you know the 2003 show was just trying to just be the the comics it was just trying to re re uh the comics this show in particular um uh, just like you know it, it pulls like all like the favorite features of like every media franchise it could find and put it uh, together and that's why I re- that's what I really liked about it it embraced like you know it embraced the pizza it embraced like you know like uh like some of the the darkness of, of the comics I mean you know like this one actually has like the splinter eating the rats um yeah. which was not present in the 2003 uh, th- uh, show um I mean it just it just does all all of that and yeah no that's that's actually one of my favorite things is it, it does do direct adaptations of the, th- the things the 03 series didn't get to so like it, yeah. it does a direct adaptation of the splinter and rat king scene from city at war and it's one of like the most like what is going on scenes in this show mm-hmm. right um, i mean same because, in the comics so. <laughs> you know, yeah same yeah. in the comics um it it this show i don't want to say like it directly it definitely doesn't directly adapt sky highway but like the the werewolf car episode where like Donnie turns into a car, yeah. Like <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of Sky Highway's mo. Yeah, yeah, right? a little bit. Yeah. And it also it also the Leonardo number one. There is an episode that it adapts it in two thousand three series. It's great. I love watching that fight scene. But in this one, they straight up like used Leonardo number one to storyboard it. It's in the snow. You know, he's fighting them. These are foot robots and so, and not like humans. And so things, you know, are able to, to work that to couldn't before. Yeah. Or like lose limbs. Yeah. And so they actually adapt that. And like I said, storyboarded it with that. And there's moments that people have taken scenes they've cut and put side by side of Leonardo number one. And it's the exact same thing. So, and that's really cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's what we were saying. Like that's the kind of stuff that like, you would expect 2003 to have done right but it's like i don't want to say 2012 adapts more of mirage and is more faithful to no that but i think 2012 2012 took more risks i think too yeah 2012 took more risks and some of the stuff that it adapted i think came out a little bit better yeah um but that's so it's funny because like I, I mean I remember like right when the the details uh, uh-huh. show was uh, ending, uh, someone posted on Twitter's like, oh we need a 
uh, Ninja Turtles series like DuckTales 2017? And I replied, we do. It's called Ninja Turtles 2012 because that's exactly what, like, that's exactly what DuckTales did was, like, they all, like, I'm not saying they copied the formula, but, like, DuckTales, that show, like, took all, like, the, the good parts and put it into the show. And that's what Ninja Turtles did that before DuckTales even, like, formed. Yeah, like 20, 2012 Ninja Turtles, like really, it, it really is that, well, I don't want to say it's the perfect reboot, because um, like DuckTales, DuckTales is perfect. Like you can't, it's such a good reboot uh, over the original show. Um, 2012 is up there. Uh, it, like if there was like a top three reboots, 2012 is definitely. Yeah, top yeah. Three. No, I I definitely agree. I definitely agree with you there. Like I said, 2012 was a good love love letter to the franchise. Yeah, and like I liked that it just incorporated everything it could. Like I mean, you know, they they even brought Tatsu back, and like which I yeah. never thought that was gonna. I no, I never saw that coming. I I really like how they started adapting more of like the Japanese culture for the turtles. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Hoon Lee as Splinter, just uh, one of this the best. This is the best Splinter, like, hands down. This is the best Splinter of I think any, th- any of the franchises. Uh, like, I'm, almost, I'm almost there with you. I'm almost debatable. there with you because I'm really biased towards bi- uh, Rise Splinter. I'm but, really biased towards oh, you know what? No, I have the opposite of Rise Splinter. Well, we're talking about cartoons, but 2003 <laughs> is definitely bottom tier for me. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I still think I, I think uh, I think Rise Splinter is bottom tier. That's like I, that's like my least favorite Ugh. Splinter. I mean, Jim, we don't like, have a guess this episode. Huh, I don't Spencer? know. Like like 2012 Splinter though, like he's just perfect. Like he just doesn't do anything wrong. He I, just, I, I think that's my he's yeah. a very static character. Nothing. I think that's my the that's my main. There's thing. no there's no quirk to him or anything like that. Like the O3 series, like he's kind of quirky. You know, like, yeah, he's wise master, but then he's like, oh, let me go turn on my soap operas. I'm going to yeah, go watch like every, my every shows. Splinter, every Splinter has that. Like, I mean, every Splinter does. Not, not Splinter the same level the that 2003 does. Eventually. No, but, but, but this Splinter is hilarious in, like, in, like, he doesn't try to be in, like, because, like, he does, like, all the jokes, but in, like, this serious tone that just makes it awesome like i mean and i mean i i really like who like who only like did this performance like hmm. perfect the voice actor, oh, like yeah. you know like the closest the closest second i'd say is uh mako uh in the uh, team and team movie i mean because he's like at first like i thought that was the standard of splinter but now i still think Lee is the standard of splinter yeah i think i think Lee is definitely like one of the best splinter performances um yeah. and you, you're right like i love his like he is a little quirky um like i think i think his i think splinter's big big um flaw is that he is overprotective and that builds off of uh that builds off of him losing miwa right and i think that but 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 like he does have his like his little like silly quirks like i love i can't remember which turtle he's talking to but he's giving a lesson and i I think it's donatello and donatello asking the question he's like yes but also no. Yeah. Yes. No no, no. 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 Like. Like. Especially. Like. When. Like. Danto was like. Oh. I need a better weapon. He was like. Oh. 
you want a seven foot stick yeah. <laughs> like like just like stuff like that like you, yeah like you know like, like god oh that's that's one of my favorite favorite jokes from him i love i just i love when he answers the phone and he says mushy mushy yeah mushy mushy yeah I, I like that i like the fact he has a cheese phone like his i love phone his is made of cheese like yeah like this splinter like 87 splinter has fun being a rat i think eventually um, yeah. like after after he accepts that he'll never be a Hamato Yoshi again. Mm-hmm. Um I think <laughs> look, this... look after his like second transformation um back to Hamato, he yeah. was like, I'm done. I'm done being I think, human. I think 2012 Splinter, like I think he always has fun being Splinter. Yeah. Um, and I it, it just it just really shows. And he's so like he's so proud of his boys. Um, like this Splinter feels like a dad. Right. Um and I, I like that, but like, but the, again, that goes back. Like, he doesn't really have an arc after that, um, which I mean, is which is the only thing that like I just really bugs me. Cause, uh, okay, because so, then spoiler alert, he dies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say this: him, him dying. I, I I don't know if this is like Nickelodeon. Like, I mean, not, I wouldn't say Nickelodeon. I would say more of uh, the the show. Like, it really annoyed me because so the end of the end of season three we see like shredder like run splinter through and everything and it's like you know the whole shock is oh no splinter died and everything so you have like this whole season uh uh season break which i think was only like two weeks like i i can't remember i can't remember like how long between season three and season four was because the show was so inconsistent with the airing i mean and this is a fault of nickelodeon um but that like it would be like okay we have Splinter die, and like so, we have to like process this until like the until the beginning of like the the next season when like you know uh, David Tennant comes in and he's like, oh hey, I'm Doctor Who, and I'm gonna uh, put I'm gonna we're gonna go back six months, and and then so it's like okay, so the death of Splinter, like okay, we're we're good with this, and then so like, and then we get into the rest of season four, then Splinter falls into like an abyss and it's like oh no he died again and and then we found out no he's not his safe he's like you know he's in there with the the corpse of rat king and now he's gonna eat rats and everything really creepy and everything but it's like and and so by the time we get to his final death it really was like okay is he really dead this time or are, are you like faking us this time and like you know we i had to wait till the the funeral and they were like oh okay i guess he's really gone this time yeah like i mean it's just like we just had like, he's finally dead this time you guys yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly they, they just kept faking us out for this whole like death of splinter and then by the time it happens they're like it really does like the it did lessen the impact it's like it you yeah. don't like you know because it, it is more of like is he gone this time like oh okay it's like curling dying in dragon ball you know like you know <laughs> yeah. he dies the first time and you're like wow that's terrible and he dies the second time and you're like Oh man, you know, like, oh yeah, you can't wish him back with your Dragon Balls, and then the now Dragon Balls come in and they bring him back, and it's like, oh, okay, you know what? Death is a revolving door; it doesn't matter anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm rereading, uh, I'm, I'm reading the Dragon Ball Z manga for like past the Saiyan arc for the first time, uh-huh. and so I'm in the middle of the Majin Buu arc, and Goku just keeps saying like, "It's okay, we'll bring him back with the Dragon Balls. It's okay, we'll bring him back with the Dragon Balls." Yeah, and I'm like, Goku, it doesn't. You can't always do that. 
Oh uh, god, like dying has first... to leave some kind of trauma, yeah. right? Well, like, like there's some damage like, still done here. It's just it's yeah. funny because like Goku is so okay with him being dead uh, that it's like he he doesn't care because he's just like they could be dead for a while. It's fine. I just yeah. remember um, when I was watching like Dragon Ball, like, there was one where they're like, "Oh, we gotta we gotta do this," and and then. And they're like, oh no, a lot of people are gonna are gonna die. And then like some someone comes up, it's okay, we'll just wish him back. I'm like, that's the yeah. wrong message you should be telling kids. Uh I want to move on to yeah. the things that we like, the new additions to Ninja Turtles. Uh, namely the characters um that they added. Uh so like going back to Shredder's first mutants, um, fish face and dog pound. Oh yeah. Like uh, I, I I always liked uh, Clancy Brown, so I was so happy like he was in the show. All I, I like as as Dog Pound, I just thought he was perfect, and I liked the fact that he was like Chuck Norris in the beginning. Yeah, I love I I, I think Fishface is a, is a great design. Like I just he's yes. such a he's such a cool character, and he's like really competent. Like these are these are so much like the anti Bebop and Rocksteady. Right, and like we eventually get Bebop and Rocksteady, but like these guys are like, these guys can hold their own with the turtles, right? And like really send them running. Um, yeah. And actually, so speaking just, of like Dog Pound, because again he does turn into Razar. I just remember when I was like doing my review for the the season four finale, and I was like, I was like, I think Leatherhead just killed uh, Razar, and because <laughs> yeah. like, like because like did. Like it was like Leatherhead like puts him in the under the water and then we don't see him again and uh, I was kind of like I'm like I'm just I was, like I was in that like I was like I guess he killed him like I don't know I don't know it's probably a kid show it probably didn't happen and then we get to season five and we find he he does die yeah uh so speaking of that yeah like so we have Dog Pound's around for a couple seasons before he is like forcefully mutated into Razar right so Razar from Secret of the Ooze. And but like this Razar is like a rotting skeleton, right? Like because there's a double like a mutation. rotting wolf skeleton. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so scary looking. Um, like it's it's such a cool design, and it's like this is in 2012, like Ninja Turtles. Like it, it's it's just wild to me, right? Because it's yeah. such a, it's such a scary design, right? Um, Especially like the first season, like everything was all like happy and cherry and everything and then when we start getting into the darker stuff like well, this is what i meant by like the show kind of growing up a little bit and like yeah. razar is a great example of that yeah yeah um moving on to, the, to one of the next characters tiger claw um just a fantastic character to the lore of turtles right when they okay so when they first like revealed him and like you know, uh, I can't remember if they revealed like the character design or the toy design. One of like uh, they revealed the design first. I can't remember uh, which one was first, but my I was initially thinking that this was going to be uh, the 2012's like old Hob, and so mm-hmm. it was it was cool to me to find out like it's actually oh it's like their own character. But then like parts of me I'm like man, it would be cool if we if they just incorporated old hob in there too since we didn't yeah, actually like, have any of the idw people in uh this the show like, like the, yeah like that would have been really cool um so going through the art book uh i'm on the tiger claw page and 
Ciro uh, wrote, uh, we wanted a character like Destro from G.I. Joe, the mysterious weapons expert from a faraway land. I designed him as a Bengal tiger from India, dressed like a gunslinger from El Topo, and he eventually became Japanese. His name comes from Brandon Almond, who was one of the other showrunners, uh, Brandon Almond's old RPG character, a samurai tiger. I will say one thing I do like also like in the show was because, you know, we have like the characters like uh, Dog Pound, Fish Face, Tiger Claw. And I love the fact that like they, we go in here and we have like Mikey, Mikey's the one who's like giving these names. And like, since Mikey is kind of like a, a doofus, like it is like he's coming up with the most simple names possible. Well, yeah. Fish Face, Dog Pound. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, cause like this, it, it gives us more of that whole like hey like that whole he-man era of like we made we made something and wanted something simple for the kids to to go with and like over here we just have like mikey to be the one since he's already a simple-minded character like that's why we have like the simple uh character name and mm-hmm. I, like i actually liked when we get into uh Kavaxis, like in season five where mikey calls him like hothead but he but he does not call himself yeah. hothead at all. But like, so like, I, I like that we have like those dyna- dynamics as well. Well, there's also, there's also, um, I can't remember which episode it is, but it's uh, somebody like names one of the bad guys and Mikey gets really mad. He's like, he's like, that's my thing. Donatello. Donatello, uh, uh, Donatello names uh, Neutralizer. Or, oh, that was it, was it Neutralizer? Uh, yeah, Donatello names Neutralizer, uh, but I, I can't I can't remember if Mikey gets mad at him. Like I remember Donatello says, like, don't tell Mikey I um I named him that. Um, but yeah, Donatello's the one who names ne- Neutralizer. I know that. So another character that uh, is one of my wife's favorites was Shinigami. Yeah, Shinigami Shinigami's is probably my, my favorite edition of this one that I really think should show up in other stuff. So uh, Shinigami, if you don't if you guys don't remember. Uh, it says appearing later in the series, Shinigami brought a new ninja magic element to the show. She's complex on a technical level, several different uh, capes sculpted for different poses and a few different character, uh, hair wigs to hide her face in shadow. That's just guys, kind of the design of her. Yeah. Uh, I like their design. Do you guys know what Shinigami uh, means? It's a God of death. Yeah. Yeah. D- death God or God of death. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a huge. I watch uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, Death, Death Note, Note. fan. Uh, I used because uh, like that, like of course, like Death Note that was in it, also in Bleach that was in it as well. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a Bleach. That's a I knew it from Bleach. Yeah, um, yeah, like Shinigami's such a cool design, and I would love to see her come back. In I would have loved an action version. figure of her. Like, you yeah, know, she never got an action figure. Never got an action figure. Like, of course, she's a female character, so like you know, that, that's why. Like, you know, yeah, I yeah. think I think we got April and Karai, but like. Did we, we got get a normal cry. Did we get a normal cry? Because I know we got. We a snake got a normal cry. cry. We made it. They made a snake cry, and like a lot of people demanded a normal cry. So that's like, right. The normal cry came after. Yeah. So playmates like finally was like, okay, you guys want a normal cry? We got a normal cry for you because like that that was a that was like a that was like one thing that a lot of people were demanding for. But like yeah. we never got Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa was a cool design in this show. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was more of like a salamander alien right. in this one. Yeah, um, but yeah. Like, I just I love Shinigami. Like, her episode is really cool. Um, it it adds. There's a lot of cool like lore to the Foot Clan in this one uh, because we find out like Shredder's helmet is like 
it's a traditional helmet like right uh, is it the koro kabuto yeah the koro kabuto um and like it's not just made for him where like every other version uh of shredder like that's just the shredder's armor but like this is armor like mandalorian armor that's handed down through the clan yeah yeah i i did like that uh also i actually liked because one of my my one of my complaints in the 1987 show is that roxanne bebop they don't actually have names we don't actually get like backstory of them uh in this show we actually have like names and origins for both rocksteady and bebop like you know mm-hmm. uh like uh uh the oh gosh i'm like, like it, I'm, uh anton's was it no anton zek yeah anton, anton zek, zek is bebop is bebop and then uh rocksteady is uh uh he's a, he's a russian guy He's a Russian guy. I'm loving. I was getting, I was getting him confused with Zever, and Zever is Fishface. Zever is Fishface. Yeah. Oh, I'm blanking. I'm blanking on uh, on them, but I'm blanking on on him right now. But he, yeah, he was a big Russian guy and everything. Yeah, he was like he was like a big Russian arms dealer. Right. Um. And yeah, like the Rocksteady and Bebop in this show are, are really cool too. Um. I really, I really love this version of Bebop. Yes. Because uh, yes. no, he's no, just no. he's so funny. Like once those two get in the show, like. Fish face, fish face, and dog pan. Like he's already Razar at this point, right? Um, they kind of like disappear. They kind of like, disappear, um, and like Shredder upgrades to these guys, um, right? Which okay, so let's talk about Shredder now. Um, what do you think of this version of Shredder? Okay, I'm gonna say this right now. Uh, Kevin, My- like I've, I'm now respecting more Kevin Michael Richardson uh, just because for the longest time. Kevin Michael Richardson can only do two. I only heard two voices from him. That was Kevin Michael Richardson and Cleveland Jr. Um, and like the, he had like no in between uh, on anything because it like it basically was, hey, you want a deep black man's voice, Kevin Michael Richardson, and that's what we got for Shredder because like, hit like his Shredder is just all of his other characters he's ever played as. And that was a huge disappointment for me, um, like, uh, initially uh, for Shredder. And I will say for Kevin Michael Richardson, he also does the voice of the 1987 Shredder. Uh, and, like, he did a bang-up job doing a voice impression of James Avery uh, for that. Um, but, but, yeah, like, the voice really bothered me for, for the Shredder. What would you think, Spencer? Uh, you know, I don't know. He just kind of, I don't know. There was never anything to make me like really feel attached to it. It's kind of cool that they gave him, I guess the, the jealousy arc and they just kind of ramped it up to, up to like the 2003 Mirage level of like, of the backstory kind of thing, uh, you know, by adding a bit more stakes to it instead of just having it just be the 87 series where he just baits, you know, Yoshi so that he gets kicked out. Uh, but I don't know. Like he just kind of is just kind of there. He most spends most of the time just kind of looming, like yeah. in the background. It, I mean, that's part of what makes him a threat. Um, uh, it, a similar show. I can't remember. Cyril worked on it. I know Cyril worked on Teen Titans. Uh, but Transformers Animated is one of my favorite versions of Transformers. That's a good one. And Megatron is in the show, but he's he's not a threat until like the end of the first season into the second season. Mm. And even the Decepticons aren't, uh, they're in the show, but they're not, but they're not like the bad guys of every episode because they, 
the writers specifically knew that if the Decepticons got beat every week, they weren't a threat. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they specifically only used them in certain episodes and they had like human bad guys in the other times. And that's why, so when you, so when like the Decept, like Blitzwing could take out all of the Autobots by himself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when you knew it was like, it was a big episode. So 2012 kind of took a similar approach. And so with Shredder, um, when Shredder showed up, you knew it was a big deal. Um, especially like when he like curb stomps them all the first time. He meets right. Them. And having said that, this is probably my least favorite shredder um, because I, I like that aspect of him. And so like when he shows up, you know, it's a threat, um, but he does kind of loom for too long, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, he kind of becomes, he, he kind of becomes one note generic bad guy to me mm-hmm. um i also really don't like his design oh uh, yeah i the, i struggle the, with a lot of this show's character designs but we're not going to get into no, that no, I, I, I mean <laughs> i i like almost every character design in this show which is specifically that's why i bought this art book yeah um i like i, I like looking at Ciro's art a lot i i, I love Ciro's. yeah i love Ciro's art um like i would absolutely read a comic based on his art which if you follow Sierra on Instagram, uh, he's been posting like a lot of a lot of concept art and a lot of like new art that he's been been doing of 2012. It's fantastic. I love it all. I wish he would do a second book. Um, but yeah, like 20, 2012 Shredder. Like I think the thing that like I really hate the most is how, like how big like his boot, like his shin guard blades are. Right. And, like his wrist. Like yeah. I don't like the extending wrist blade. It's, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had the like. It I, like, I hate that. that so much. I yeah uh it's also like the color scheme is boring like it's brown it's just one of the flaws I think in general of like this show's character designs though is like they're like really blocky action figures like all of them are and so they've all got like these really big feet and a lot of that anyway it's a lot of that comes down to well a lot a lot of that comes down to um it's easier to animate Mm -hmm. you know and that goes back to it being animated very cheaply um you know there are a lot of flat designs with easy with easy textures on them Mm -hmm. um and so i I, yeah uh that is shredder uh the krang i love the krang oh my gosh like the krang is like what got me hooked into the show to be honest like yeah that's one of my wife's favorite things too is the krang yeah oh so this one uh, is doing a podcast about the turtles (laughs) yes (laughs) i mean so uh and, having, and i we actually met with uh oh gosh a nolan north and we got him to sign uh our uh team and t uh blu-ray because he did the also the voice of raf oh yeah. nolan north you mean the guy at the intro of this episode uh yes the guy the i just uh i just met him over the weekend at fanex <laughs> oh nice yeah. uh yeah so like we actually had him uh record for one of our um our videos because like it uh it, it it was about like the whole like rise thing how like uh raf was the leader and everything uh and like and uh we asked him to do some outtakes and we're like oh yeah like we wrote some of this stuff and he went on this like bend and like he went in like voiced every character he did in the ninja Turtle franchise and one of them was uh was uh uh krang and like just and like 
like on and i we had to like hold ourselves from like not laughing because like his like recording we're like oh my god this is like this is pure gold yeah yeah it, it was su- he's super cool super nice like humble yeah. guy and he he did the same thing for me i think the only thing he didn't voice and it's just because he's not known for it is he's i think he's either leonardo or he's donatello in the mutants in manhattan video game leo he is leonardo. He's, he's leo yeah it, it, um, his Leo, I mean, to be honest, I didn't his, point that out. I mean, he 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 does a good job in Mutants of Manhattan, but yeah. like his his Leo is just basically, it could be like any hero. Yeah, he, I mean, like, it, it, but I mean, like that's that's kind of Leo too. Like Leo's kind of yeah. generic hero. Yeah, um, which is funny because like Leo has two voices in this one, uh, in this show. Um, yeah. He has three. Well, no, he's three voice actors. He has two voices. Oh, two voice. Oh, no, no, your turn. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, it's two voices. Which yeah. I'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like I love the Krang. I love, uh, and I know a lot of people like were annoyed that you know they weren't Utroms, but like me, the Utroms, laid <laughs> they later be- became Utroms. Like we find out, like they like like it, they are actually Utroms. Is that like that race? like uh because of that hive mind they decided to split off and become the krang while yeah exactly bishop and they, the others were trying they, to re- and this, uh, this is the other thing is they totally butchered bishop but anyway continue yeah yeah i know <laughs> i agree they did they did butcher butcher bishop i agree with you there yeah anyway God, i totally forgot bishop was in this show <laughs> exactly um but yeah like i i really like the arc of the krang um i will say the thing uh, that they did the most dirty was Irma and having her be a Krang droid. Yeah. I was so, I was so, I will never be past that. Uh, I was so like, I loved the new design for Irma. Uh, my wife, like that was kind of her aesthetic back then. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like, she loved Irma. And then when we got to that episode where it turned into, the, into Krang subprime, I was like, oh. All right. I guess I guess I can see where you're coming from there. For me, I'm just like, eh, Irma's just well, I mean, kind like, of a Irma's character. A cla- I mean, Irma's a classic character, and to like have her and to have like because April at that point had been so like kind of alone. Right. And like with the turtles. So to finally give her that human best friend who like you can bring into the turtles now, and because it was Irma, like that carries weight with it. Uh and to have have that kind of be a fake out character. And then April never gets that human friend, like other right. than Casey. But like, I don't. Casey's a different thing. Okay, yeah, okay, Casey's, like, Casey's thing. Casey. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no, um, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I will say one one thing that did thoroughly d- disappoint me, and that was like when we get to meet like all the chess characters, um, like you know, like that meeting of like king, queen, bishop, pawn, whatever, um, and. I guess I guess to save money, they were all, all their designs were like the other like char- human characters that the other Krang like like dressed up as, mm. and like they gave like a reason why. But at the same time, I was like, I'm like, you couldn't give them like more unique like What's designs. Kind of- you had to, it had to be like the teacher Irma. Um, the norm, like the normal crying person, the normal crying person, like you, like you couldn't like reach out and be like, oh hey, king looks like this, queen looks like this. It's like, 
Well, I mean, it's kind of like how the entire mob, they all are the same model wearing a ski mask and they have a ski mask on them so that they can like the mafia so that they can just copy and paste the same model for every member of the mob. Right. You right. Know, like, <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there definitely was a lot of that. It's just like, but yeah, like the, uh, I, that was like when like really disappointed me. Like it's like, oh, hey, we we got new brand new utram characters and they have like unique names and they're not voiced by nolan north except for bishop and it was oh well they're still the characters that they disguised in like that they were in april school uh i want to move on to uh baxter baxter so uh, i will say this for for baxter first off phil lamar love love him like Oh, awesome. Uh, but the episode where he turned into a fly was the first episode that my wife uh, watched. And uh, like she was almost turned off from the show just because of the way he was eating chocolate. She was not like in the whole <laughs> his uh, side mouth. Yeah, 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 exactly. The oh, I'm gonna spit up some green slime, then eat it like a real fly. Yeah, mm. I think that's that's one of like the more gross out designs they ever made like it's 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 ugly to look at yeah um, yeah but it it is another case of like baxter turning into a fly like which i know spencer you don't care for yeah um, i honestly think that 2012 is like the worst version of baxter uh, i still think 87 is probably the 87 like, classic but this is like but like the 87 has like an arc, you know, like he. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. You know, like this one doesn't like he, he's just kind of like this bumbling idiot. He gets, you know, like he's never even a threat in the first place. He gets mutated into a fly. And then he just kind of follows Shredder around and calls him master. Right. Like, yeah. like, that's it. All right. I can like, see what you're saying. And he just falls into the background with all of the other mutants around Shredder. That like he just there's nothing to the character like zero. I did like so in like the first season and part of the second season, the whole joke was that the turtles didn't know his name. And like that, like, you know, like the first episode actually is like his name is his name was Baxter Stockman or something like that. Um, and like and like that actually carried on in the the IDW spinoff comic as well. But then, like, once he became a fly, like all those jokes were like kind of like thrown out, like, oh, we're done with that. Like, you know. He's a fly now. They, they know his Baxter. Um, yeah, they, they specifically call him Baxter Fly in the art book. Yeah, 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 yeah. They call him Baxter Fly. Even Splinter calls him Baxter Fly. And then, like, and then when they finally, like, at the end, when they change him back to a human, he gets, like, mad. He was like, I didn't want to be human. Yeah. Uh, Rat King. Racking was pretty cool. Uh, uh, what, his name was like Falco or something like that. I can't remember what his. Uh, no, Doctor uh, Doctor Falco was the one that turned into a monkey. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That's right. But yeah, this this was the n- another Doctor. All uh, and of course, like I recognize his voice as Ratchet from uh, Transformers Prime. Uh, so like, because that was going on during the same time, uh, and like, uh, but yeah. I, like I kind of I like the way they transformed him into uh, racking. Mm, I think I think he's a solid character, has a solid design. Uh, you know, like he's not like my favorite version of Rat King, but he's not my least favorite either. He's he's just 
you know, solid. Oh no, character. you're right. Falco did turn into the Rat King. My bad. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. You were right. You were. Right. I was. I. It, it, Rockwell turned into the monkey. Falco don't, turned into the. Uh, don't be downing the... Turtle Recall. Ah, uh, you said Doctor Rockwell turned into the Rat King, sir. <laughs> I said Falco. we have we have the audio. <laughs> we have the audio. <laughs> um, we have the audio that we that uh, that you guys edit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like this this design of the Rat King, like it's horrifying. Yeah, uh, like that kind of grim reaper with the wide brim hat and the high collar. Like yeah. I love this one. I I do too. I, no, I, I I like design. I I like like before he turns into Red King, we see like he has that whole like mind control power. Like uh, like I said, like him turning into the Red King was like a really cool thing, and it was something I just was not seeing like when I was like first like watching the show. I I, yeah. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, like they specifically like, you know, uh, based them off of like some H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Um, Zero notes here that uh, like his skin tone and his face design were based off of like old rubber Halloween masks from the 70s. Oh, wow. Like really cool stuff in here. Um, So, yeah. uh, Two last things I really want to bring up because I, I love that they brought it in here and then we'll we'll start wrapping this up with um just our favorite episodes uh-huh. uh i really love that they brought renette in yes i really mm. like that they brought renette and i like the fact that she was voiced by ashley johnson oh uh, yeah like easily my favorite renette so yeah far. yeah 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 like that i'm a huge I, like growing pain growing pains fan so like that's part of the reason why i, I just, liked her. i'm a huge ashley johnson fan in general so like uh-huh. um yeah, like her and Savanti Romero, like like bringing them in was really cool. Yeah, uh, like I he- like when I read I when she pops up in IDW, I hear Ashley Johnson. I, I, to um, be honest, I I hear um Ashley Johnson. What do you think? Um, what do you think as, as well? I I, just I, yeah, I mean, they I, should always bring in Renette in every version of the series. You know, I, I agreed. Agreed. I agree. I I think I feel like they stepped away a little too much from the Valley Girl. Like I I, I don't know. If there's something really comedic, but also cool about her having kind of like this valley girl personality that also is very trivial about the time travel and everything else and doesn't quite understand the responsibility and the weight of it yet i think like um, valley girls just kind of a dated reference yeah fair enough it, it, it is that's that's a very 80s uh reference and everything um but i feel but- like you still can get like that same kind of vibe out of like girls today and, I think and when, it still exists and I it just wasn't quite there out- in renette I think when this show came out, it, it was kind of a dated reference, but I think now you can kind of get away with it, like you said. I would think mm-hmm. like now you can do that whole like Instagram girl kind of thing. Exactly. Um, it's, yeah. It's just like when it came out, that was like actually yeah, like when she, when she debuted, that Instagram was still kind of like like that that style was like wasn't there yet, and Valley Girl just kind of like got phased out. Um, so she was in the awkward thing, but I will say like uh, when I, when I actually met um, Ashley Johnson, I had the uh, Growing Pains uh, DVD, and it was a made it was made to factor uh, DVD, and like she was like in love because like she got to see like herself like uh, when she was like young and everything, and like she like she would like take pictures of everything just because she had like just so many memories of like doing. Uh, that uh, that reunion uh, movie. Uh, and then this version of Usagi Miyamoto. Usagi was awesome. 
Uh, I, I mean, I, I like every version of Usagi, but the, the, I, I actually really enjoyed Usagi. Yeah, it's it's not a bad version. It's a good like older version of Usagi. I feel like, uh, I he's probably not my favorite adaptation of him, but he's good. I think this is my favorite animated design of him, mm-hmm. uh, of the three. Um, and I did like that in like this three part adventure. They were actually in a, like his world. I because yeah. like we got to like learn more of like you know like you know Usagi's like world than. Uh, then like him like traveling into like the ninja turtles like what we're already familiar with Mm -hmm. well they usually do that in most versions too they usually travel to his world as well the 2003 series does it during uh, across the universe and the original comics did it in shades of green but it was actually in usagi's book not the ninja turtles book which well and then also the i when the idw turtles go there too it's the same usagi and he's like oh you're Mm -hmm. not the turtles i met yeah that's right which yeah. is awesome i i really like that how they kind of also make him a singularity at least in the comic yeah. books like we're yeah now. yeah mm-hmm. uh and one of my last favorite things that like i just i love that this was like a, a running gag throughout the entire show was the cartoons that leonardo would watch space heroes space heroes uh super robot make a force mecha force five <laughs> Crognard the Barbarian, uh, Chris Badford's uh, Two Rough Crew. That was more Mikey's show. Yeah, that was Mikey's uh, and then show. Spa- and then Space Heroes, The Next Generation. Next Generation. And one of those, I can't remember which one, had a surprise uh, cameo from Carter that was like, did not, I didn't see coming. Uh, oh, which one was, uh, it was, um, I think it was Chris Bradford, Two Rough Crew. I think, Carter, what, I think Carter was the kid in that show. No, 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 no. This was like Monster Carter, like not not Kid Carter. Oh, 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 oh. Um, like 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 it like it was like that yellow mutated uh, Carter, and like he just grew re- really big. And oh, like, it it was it was crew, it, it was too rough crew. Okay, it was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, um, like, and I liked how like each season we had like a new TV show for them to watch. Yeah, like it, it was such a fun stupid reference and but like i love that like canonically leo watched those to be a better leader yeah um yeah i and just the the way the aesthetic they went with like was so faithful to how those shows look like the show's got like so many cool design elements that it really does get hampered by how like cheap some of the animation is because like a lot of these designs are so much fun yeah um Okay, so I want to. So we we covered all that. Uh, we didn't talk about the voice actors, but J- Jason and I mentioned earlier. Jason Biggs originally played Leonardo. Uh, then I forget his voice double. I forgot uh, his voice double. His voice double sounded just like, like Chris him too. something. Yeah, fantastic voice double. Like if you didn't know um, that he was playing him, you you wouldn't have known. Yeah, um, and like to this day, I still think they should have just gave him the starring lead i mean unfortunately he never like he never got the starring lead like because uh, i want to do him justice so dominic catrambone there you go <laughs> yeah uh, so he so he played uh so he played leo um yeah. when jason biggs couldn't and then eventually they recast leo um to seth green but what was really cool is that they like adapted it into the storyline yeah 
So like that Leonardo number one, where they, where he gets beat up and thrown through the uh, skylight and they have to run off to Northampton. Like they just incorporated his voice getting damaged in that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and like Dantel's like, oh, you'll, you'll never sound the same. And yeah, like it's, and Seth Green, like it, it took a little getting used to because I really did like Jason Biggs' voice as Leonardo. I don't like Jason Biggs as a person. Yeah, uh, so. I, I, I feel the same way. Uh, I mean, because like, I mean, well, me growing up with American Pie, I'm like, I was like, oh yeah, that's cool, J- Jason Biggs. And then like, and then like his uh, his Twitter like really like turned me off from him. Yeah. Uh, like what like what made him get fired from the show so i was like okay uh i, I really felt dominic I, I was so disappointed dominic didn't get like uh the starring role he never got the starring role and he never got like the the like the permanent job unfortunately uh, i i remember um talking to rob one time and we, we were talking about we were talking about the uh i think this was before jason had been replaced and uh he was talking he was just talking about how when these guys like you know jason big sean astin and greg sipes like greg sipes was already a voice actor right. um and sean astin like you know sean it's sean astin it's rudy right um and jason Biggs, is jason biggs but like i guess rob had to kind of explain to them like how big turtles was uh-huh. and kind of let them know like hey you're kind of shepherds of the franchise now um and so like what you do means a lot to people and jason biggs kind of you know soured that yeah i mean now also i will say part like um part of it was i don't think he realized that his twitter feed was also on the nickelodeon's like website because of like you know because also like twitter was a kind of a new thing they didn't realize like what they could like do and not do like because like now nowadays like i don't think any actor if like they're gonna be on a thing they'll be like oh yeah you can like i'll just stream my tweets uh publicly on a a public public domain anything and that's also why you're seeing a lot of like a lot of people like especially like news sites or something like that like my my tweets are my own uh, yeah. something like that uh like you know and that's uh you know back yeah, I mean, it's, in, like, like, it's a social media policy, yeah, yeah 2012 2013 uh that was not a thing because like you know uh and like you know like so when he starts posting something inappropriate and it's on the a kid-friendly website like you know th- things gonna have to happen <laughs> yeah uh so we didn't talk about it, talk about them enough, but fantastic voice cast all around. Yeah, uh, no, it really is a, a you know amazing voice cast. Yeah, uh, and just a lot of the, a lot of the cameos too. Like you said, like Robert England, um, Jeffrey Coombs is the Rat King. Right. Uh, they brought Bill Hader to play Napoleon Dynamite as Napoleon Bonafrog. Yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. Um, or like Napoleon Bonafrog as Napoleon Dynamite. Like, yeah, it just uh, like so many like really cool things. Yeah. Uh, so I really want I, I want to end this at talking about our favorite like episodes or arcs. Um, so Jason, go first. All right. Well, I will say like I mean my 
I will say my favorite arc is actually like the space arc just because I, I like uh, space and that kind of and futuristic stuff. Uh, and I like their costumes and I like their new futuristic weapons. But I will say my favorite episode um, is definitely uh, Michelangelo meets Mondo Gecko only because uh, a few things. First, Mondo Gecko is like totally based off me. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, his name is Jason. Mm. He wears a backwards hat. Oh, like, I mean, uh, like, uh, but uh, more importantly, like, he was actually voiced by uh, Robbie Wrist. I thought that was a really cool stunt, uh, 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 stunt casting they did, where, like, you know, it's like, oh, hey, we got movie Michelangelo. And just like with uh, Corey Feldman, like, it wasn't like a one off character. Every time they got uh, uh, Mondo Gecko, they got him they got Robbie wrist uh, back. So it wasn't like a one-off thing, which I really liked. And I really liked how there were so many parallels to the original episode of uh, Mondo Gecko. And, uh, and the part of the reason why this one is like really resonates to me the worst, the, uh, the, the most is like, this is like our first re- review we did on YouTube. And so I'll, uh, that it, it kind of like th- there's like some special connections with me with this episode but right. I, this is like definitely like hands down my favorite episode and the fact like like i said they they, they call back to me obviously Mondo Gecko was based off me i mean no there matter you what yeah. you guys say like it's definitely me all right spencer what's yours uh mine has to be that one where they just kind of adapt leonardo's fight from leonardo number one i can't find the exact episode i'm looking all over for it but just that fight in the snow i want to say it's around the battle for new york uh episodes but i'm not 100 certain uh but i think it's just super super cool that they use those panels to storyboard that actual fight uh from the comic book no you're you're right like that's such a that's such a good and, and it's like i love when like shows or movies like use the material as like the basis well especially like the mirage comics like that is their strong point is the panel to panel storytelling and like just the wordless action and things Mm -hmm. like that that are in there it's perfect for storyboarding and so it's great when someone just says let's take it let's use it because it's that good yeah uh got it you got me going down the rabbit hole i'm trying to figure out which episode that was i i know it's closer to the finale yeah, I, I want to say it's like Battle for New York. I think it's Invasion. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's the Invasion. Okay, could be that. I'm I'm not 100% certain, but um so okay, so that so then my uh favorite is the uh Raphael Mutant Apocalypse, like the finale, oh, the finale. of the show. Mm-hmm. Um I just I I'm a sucker for a good post-apocalyptic story and uh before then we didn't really have a whole lot of turtles versions of them now we got two (laughs) yeah yeah that's Uh, true which is weird that it happened twice yeah Um, i mean there's also same as it never was but you know i mean i guess (laughs) (laughs) all right so now we have three um but uh but yeah like just the the mad max like storyline i love like mad max raf yeah i want a figure of him so bad I was um, surprised with the tails figures, like they did not do the uh, this one, like yeah, like uh, the Don, I, I like, like the Donbot, the yeah. um, like uh, the, Mikey is the Mikey is like uh, the hip, like the hippie, 
right like mystic yeah, i mean guy. And i'm sure playmates would still spoil leo anyway it's not it's not new for playmates to put um a character uh yeah unfortunately this is the only pin i'm missing uh from what uh do you remember like during tales like they had like you had to like you you had a chance to get a, a free pin um oh. you had to like i don't remember that you don't remember oh god oh, oh. i can't remember it was like penny or something like that um so each arc like you would have like uh like the tmnt twitter would be like okay here um the, it was limited to 200 and you had to go uh like go to the the penny website and then just put it into the cart and then you got a free pin uh and like and they did it for like each arc so they did it for like you know uh the uh like the, the first one uh with hothead i can't remember his right now um I think I think that was the Leo with the broken sword. Actually, now I think about it. Uh, then like the 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 Raph uh, with Mona Lisa, and it was actually Raph as like uh, the actual like uh, as like the Mona Lisa painting. Uh, there was like the one with Splinter and the cart of of, of tiny turtles. Um, uh, there's a uh, Rockstar and Bebop. Uh, like you know, it was for like wanted Rockstar and Bebop. Um, and then and then like they made one for. Uh, I think I'm blinking on another one, but uh, but they did. Oh, Us- Usagi. Um, mm. I can't remember what um, Usagi was, um, but uh, but yeah. Um, but then like they did, they did the mutant apocalypse where it was the, uh, it was like the the turtles as like like you know post apocalypse yeah. turtle, and that's the only pin I'm missing. And I. Um, so yeah, so going back, like I just I so just genuinely love that arc. It's it's really good. I'm also a little biased. One of my friends wrote the uh the final episode. Uh, um <laughs> so uh so Gavin, who I wanted to be on the show tonight, but he couldn't make it. Uh he just happens to be in Portugal. Um so yeah, uh that's 2012. Uh like we kind of ran through it as best we could. We didn't even read Keith's notes because <laughs> Keith no. Keith sent us a yeah. whole list of things he loved. Um, <laughs> too bad keith yeah sorry keith <laughs> we just had such make a good your time. own podcast oh wait <laughs> we just had nope. such a good time we we'll get um, to talk about it when we get to the 2012 series which yeah, will yeah. hopefully happen eventually <laughs> yeah yeah you save those notes until then keith that's um, right so yeah so uh today the 28th is the uh 10th anniversary of the show uh you can catch it right now uh season one on netflix uh season one on paramount plus season two is coming soon um, but then the big news is that uh, the entire series is being collected on DVD and it is due out this December for a very cheap $33. So uh, it is definitely well worth it. And I'll well worth the... it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, if so you, you don't have up... it on DVD, like that's a great price and you have it all, all in like one package. Yeah, exactly. So you can pick that up on, um, on Amazon right now uh, and then get it in time for Christmas or you can buy it digitally like I did. Uh, it goes on sale on, on Vudu like Every other um, week it goes on sale. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so that's it for Ninja Turtle Power Hour this week. Jason, thank you again so much for stepping in here. Um, oh, thanks for having me. I, it, this was really fun. I, I have not had a chance to talk about the 2012 series. So yeah, like uh, you know, like we're a lot of Ninja Turtle like podcasts. Like other than like Zach over on Booyaka Show, um, you know, like we're all so classic turtles, right? Like, focused um, and it's it's really like it's really refreshing to talk about like other versions of turtles like this so 
Um, yeah, Jason, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. Uh, so uh, Anna and I, we host uh, Turtle Recall, uh, which we're, we're, we're looking at every episode of the original series. Uh, you can find us at uh, Turtle Recall uh, Pod at Twitter or uh, and also our podcast is like basically just look for Turtle Recall Podcast wherever you find podcasts. And as long as you don't hear music, and um and it's a ninja turtle podcast you that's that's where you find us and just let you guys know oh by the time this episode comes out i think we will be on a semi-hiatus like where i will still be hosting but uh anna won't be because she'll be on maternity leave so um but 2023 we will return back to going and looking at the classic episodes again so then you can ch- also check out uh jason and i talking about news every tuesday on his youtube channel that's right um, yeah moving like post studio so uh every tuesday at 7 p.m pacific time uh, yeah 10 p.m eastern yeah there you go so yeah guys thank you again for listening to another episode of the ninja turtle power hour you can check us out anywhere on social media ninja turtle ph or ninja turtle power hour on facebook um instagram and twitter uh if and you guys tiktok want to, and tiktok spencer is still doing his uh series on uh just the lore of random ninja turtles characters i think your rat king part one and two went up today they did yeah well so it's Um, in one part on tiktok it's in two on instagram but oh got it yeah uh so yeah definitely go check that out uh let us know because we're getting some pretty good traction on tiktok you know Mm -hmm. um so like i said last week let us know what you guys want to see on that tiktok you know if you want to see more shit posting memes like we can do that too trends are cool um, yeah. If you guys want to buy us a coffee, you can definitely do that at coffee.com slash Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Did I get it right? Yep. That's K-O hyphen F-I slash Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, yeah. Don't feel obligated. Like this show's free, but if you guys want to, you know, tip us, um, <laughs> you know, help pay for the server costs. Like that's, that's what we're doing. Um, and uh, yeah, the, uh, we love you. Thank you again. Uh, there's no other news really this week. Um because Jason and I talked about all the news last night. So That's go check right. it out we over did. there. <laughs> yep. This exactly. episode's already long enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. That's our show this week. Thank you oh, yeah, so Spencer, much. For what listening. are we doing next week? <laughs> oh, yeah. What are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be covering Armageddon Games. Uh, so that's going to be issue crap. Is it 132? Yeah, I want to say it's 132 and then Armageddon Games number one which released today in your comic shop. So uh, as we record this, so when we record the episode next week. You can have it read by then. Yeah. Twice. (laughs) Yeah. You better have it read twice by then. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've read Armageddon game number one right now. And man, I I didn't get a chance to go pick it up today. So I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Um, But yeah. So guys, thank you again for listening. Uh, We love you. Yeah, we do. So a lot. Yes. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, Gowabunga dudes. Booyakasha. See ya. <laughs>